So if you are having that battle with your kids about social media and trying to explain to them that the number of friends on social media or the number of likes you get is really doesn't mean anything and it's an uphill battle and you know it, here's what you can let them know. Get out, get out the Monopoly board tonight, okay? And start playing Monopoly. And then midway through the game, when people start buying properties and stuff, just slip this in there saying, you know, being popular on social media is the equivalent of owning a lot of Monopoly property. It doesn't really matter. Mm, that's good. I like that. <laughs> in the big picture, mm-hmm. other than this little game that we're playing right now, that doesn't matter at all. And that might, maybe it'll click then because, it, man, that, it is a big struggle. I mean, I know you've got nieces and nephews and I'm sure they struggle with it. I know I've watched my own kids struggle with, you know, how many people follow me and they get upset if they post something and no one likes it and yeah, the, that and whole deal. The other issue I keep, I see coming up all the time is because of social media, mm-hmm. you know when you weren't invited. Oh, and that yeah. just happened to one of my nieces and nephews the other day Ouch. and I felt so bad. Like I, There's nothing you can say to try to make it better. Yeah. You know, you just know they're off having fun and you're not included. That's yeah. tough. But if your kids are struggling with the whole likes and friends, try that. Like play Monopoly and remind them, hey, you know how this property doesn't really matter in real life. Neither do all those likes and friends on social media. Is one of your New Year's resolutions to become more active coming up a super positive side effect? Is one of your New Year's resolutions to be more active? There's a super positive side effect. It can help your anxiety. Yeah, when you're more active, it changes your brain chemistry. So you have more anti-anxiety chemicals like serotonin. Being active also helps your self-esteem because you're saying no to all the constant demands on you and yes to your health and wellness. The experts say start slow and even a daily walk can make a huge difference in your life. New Year's resolutions. Did you make one? How you doing so far with your New Year's resolution? Let's talk about that next. Happy New Year. Did you make a New Year's resolution? Taylor, you're, you're not fond of them, are you? Um, no, I, I, no, I think I admire people who do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just not very good at setting them. And I, for me, it works better to take baby steps. Like, yeah. you know. I've had years where I've made them and years where I haven't. I mean, I've mm-hmm. done big audacious ones. One year I did. I'm going to ride my bike 10,000 miles. And I did. Did yeah. 10,500 miles. Thank you very much. Uh, this year, I wasn't feeling it this year. It's almost like I have to play little psychological games with myself. Like if I declare I'm not eating any sugar, mm-hmm. then all I want is sugar. That's all I can think about right. is desserts and treats and sugar. So, But if I tell myself, you know, you, you don't have to have something sweet after every dinner. It's not going to kill you if you don't have any. Yeah. Then I can sometimes make good decisions like slowly like that. Did you make a New Year's resolution? And are you successful? Are you sorry you ever made it? Give us a call. So we're chatting about New Year's resolutions. Do you make them? Do you not make them? This is the first year I really haven't made a solid, like, I'm going to do this type of resolution. But I have made kind of like, I don't know what you would call them, not not a resolution, but I want to be more focused this year. Like, not so scattered and chasing after 800 different things, but Mm -hmm. I really want to focus on like the the things that they get the most done in life, like work and spiritually and physically, everything. Just be more focused on stuff instead of so like all over the place. And it, as part of my commitment to that, I went out like the New Year's Day. 
New Year's Day, I went old school because I've I've tried keeping track of stuff on my phone with a little electronic calendar. It doesn't work for me. I just I'm, asked my husband to buy me a, a real calendar. I need to yeah. see the whole month at a time mm-hmm. and then have the week, you know, the day by day weekly thing after that. Yeah. So that's what I did. I went, I filled that everything out that I know is on my calendar already this year, did it all, filled it all out. So awesome. I'm, I'm already feeling like more. Like focused. what kind of things are written on there? games <laughs> <laughs> all your favorite soccer games all my favorite sports teams big That's games hilarious. right now hilarious um different vacation days that that we've already decided to take stuff like that <laughs> this is my favorite conversation ever but it's making I'm gonna be me more, more focused on what matters focused. i'm focusing on my favorite soccer games and my vacation days <laughs> men's retreated men's retreated church put that on there so there there you go. That's good. Hercules. SpongeBob, Sponge Betty, Smarty Pants. <laughs> you know what I don't like about having a digital calendar only, and that's why I'm switching back this year too to uh-huh. a paper calendar, is I like to see the birthdays way in advance. And I also used to keep track of my calendar how old each person is going to be. Could this be the key to raising strong, resilient kids? After all, you want your kids to be able to face challenges and grow stronger as a result, right? A doctor who studies early brain development found something surprising that helps, and it is creating nurturing routines with your kids. That structure and familiar routine helps kids feel comfortable and safe so that when something unexpected does happen, they handle it a lot better. After little kids learn the routine from mom and dad, empowering them to do it on their own builds their confidence and they become more and more resilient. And it's wild how often things like chores and like a set and bedtime and nighttime routine ends up building really resilient kids. Think about this for a minute. How many times have you been to a meeting at work that, you know, last 30 Oh, no, it ends up being 40 minutes because that one person always has to ask a question at the end. (laughs) And you're like, that totally could have been an email. We're going to talk about that next. You know that feeling when you look at your schedule for the week and you're like, oh, I've got like three meetings. And then you go sit through like a 30 minute meeting that ends up becoming a 40 minute meeting because that one person always has to ask questions at the end. Mm -hmm. And you're like. That totally could have been an email. Why do we just do that? <laughs> right. They don't understand when the person leading the meeting goes, well, as long as there aren't any more questions, that ends the meeting. They don't understand. That means this is over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is an article. Maybe you could send email your boss or okay. suddenly uh, place it on his or her desk when they're not looking and run away. There's a brand new Harvard Business Review that reveal that companies can save millions of dollars a year just by skipping meetings. Did someone say millions? Million. <laughs> That's your boss. Millions. millions. <laughs> so it's just, bottom line, it's a waste of time. And they say that 90% of us daydream through meetings and 70% of us end up multitasking well. because they're that boring and that much could have been just an email or a quick little like check-in for of course, five minutes. Of course not us, boss. Right. No. no, no, no way. No daydreaming no here. No way. But <laughs> no multitasking here. Yeah, that that is the dreaded moment at the end. The meeting is done, and <laughs> there's always some. And it, the question is always something very specific to their little sandbox in the office setting that has nothing to do with anyone else on the call. But you can't hang up. 
Because you won't be a team player if you don't listen to that very specific answer to that very specific Mm -hmm. question, right? Yep. So maybe, I don't know. Hey, that four-day work week experiment in the UK is going phenomenally. Mm -hmm. Maybe the next thing, if people hear they can save millions of dollars by not having meetings, maybe that's the the next wave Maybe that's the key. Maybe that'll do it, right? Have you ever gone out somewhere and randomly just met a couple, met or met somebody else, and you're like, oh my gosh, the coincidences in our lives are just really freaky weird. That happened to my wife and I. We met a couple uh, when we went out for dinner the other night, and the coincidences were wild. We'll talk about them next. So have you ever had one of those uh, circumstances where you meet a couple for the first time and the coincidence you have, coincidences you have like specific things are really crazy. Well, my wife and I, we went out to dinner the other night and we had to wait for a table and the, the waiting area was like a bunch of couches and stuff. So we sat down next to this couple and said, you mind if we share this like little area with you? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, that's fine. So we started chatting. Here are just some of the coincidences. We have a son named Kyle. They have a son named Kyle. <laughs> we have a dog named Charlie Alexander the Great. They have a son named Alexander they call the Great. His name is Scott. My brother's name is Scott. They have five dogs. We have five dogs. Oh, wow. But here's where it gets really freaky. We used to live in Winchester, Virginia. They used to live in Winchester, Virginia. Oh, my goodness. We used to live in South Florida. They used to live in South Florida. How weird is that? It was just like so freaky. I was like, if we we sit here and talk for an hour, we're probably related or something. Please tell me you exchanged phone numbers. No. It's like you guys were destined to be friends. We didn't, but we did tell them all about the uh, Beatles festival we go to every year. Turns out she's a massive Beatles fanatic. How did I never hear about this? We're totally going. What hotel are you guys staying in? We're going to go. So, it's a double date trip. We, yeah, we left it at. We hope to see you there in in the yeah, spring. Yeah, so, that's so wild. I don't know if you guys what have ever had any, yeah, anything happen like that, but it was just like, holy cow, this is just really, really. Do 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 do. You guys need to become friends. It's kind of weird. Well, now it's like serendipity. It's like that movie. Like you have to hope you run into each other at is, the Beatles if it festival. Is, they will be at Abbey Road on the river, and we yes. will we will see them there. But it was really it was really fun <laughs> chatting with them. We were talking about my wife and I went out uh, the other night and we met a couple who we just had all of this coincidental stuff with. I don't know if you've ever met anyone like that, but it's pretty weird when it does. She's That's just so like, bizarre. That's the most uh, matched up couple, two couples I've ever heard of. You just can't help but think like God had something to do with this. Right? Yeah. There's, there's no way in all the people in that place. We just happened to plop down next to them. And we went to a show after that with... Um, an artist named Jeff Beck. I don't know if you guys know his name or not, but he's he's a guitarist guitarist. Like he he's been on so many records and played for so many people. It's ridiculous how many people he's been. He was Rod Stewart's guitarist for a long time. Wow. Or no, Rod Stewart was in his band, was the singer in his band. Oh my before Rod Stewart was Rod Stewart. So anyhow, he's older. I think he was seven he's seventy eight, maybe. Wow. Something like that. Still he, touring. The we, we sit down in our seats for the show, and there's a guy and a girl sitting next to me. It's a father and a daughter. Da- daughter's like 20. Dad's like 50-something. So I looked over, and I said, did your dad drag you to this show? She's like, oh, no, I dragged him. I love Jeff Beck. Oh, cool. I said, really? She goes, yeah. When he came out, it was like the Beatles were coming on stage. <laughs> she started squealing and screaming. That's cute. <laughs> I was like... How does this happen? How does a 20-year-old kid become that into 
an artist like that. You YouTube, thought, TikTok, I guess iTunes music. You would have to yeah. put it in my perspective. Like one of my daughters is Gaga for Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. You would have thought Harry Styles was, I don't know, one of the disciples or something. She's just like <laughs> nuts over Harry Styles. That's the level that it was. She had the shirt on. She was yelling for Jeff Beck when he was done. She was sad, like. I can't believe it's over already. <laughs> That's awesome. I wonder if her dad had an equally good time. I think he did, he did a fair amount of eye rolling, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's a woman who has brought new meaning to the phrase, when you see something, say something. I love this story. It's pretty wild. Nadia got to use her mom's season tickets to see her very first Seattle Kraken NHL game. Well, during the game... She felt led to type a message on her phone and knocked on the glass and showed Vancouver Canucks assistant equipment manager what she wrote that he has a suspicious mole on his neck and it could be cancer. Turned out it was melanoma. And if he hadn't gotten it checked, he probably only had five years to live. That's how serious it was. Mm. Well, the team tracked Nadia down through social media and at a recent game, surprised her with a $10,000 scholarship what? that she's going to use as she heads off to medical school. Nice. Isn't that awesome? I mean, because I'm always saying, like, get your skin checked, get your skin Because after what I went through, I waited like 10 years and then ended up having to get 40 stitches. Mm-hmm. And she, like, did it for this guy, like, right there through the glass, like... You need to get that mole checked. That's crazy. Isn't that awesome? Coming up, could this be just one of the many reasons parents are so busy? Could this be just one of the many reasons parents are so busy? In just the first five years of your child's life, guess how much time you spend playing with them? 1,300 hours. <laughs> it's at least 45 minutes a day, 260 hours a year. Almost every mom and dad you ask believes in the power of play to teach kids communication skills and virtues like sharing and kindness. It's also important, play is, for kids to learn problem-solving creativity and language skills. But man, 1,300 hours in just the first five years of their lives. It's a lot. No wonder parents are so stressed and busy. That's a lot. It's a lot of candy land. (laughs) (laughs) Tis the season for a lot of people to start Begin, maybe for the first time, going to the gym, right? New Year's resolutions, get some exercise and stuff. But there are three signs that if you're doing these three, one of these three things, it's not going to (laughs) last. The gym and the commitment is not for you. Tell you what they are next. So a lot of people this time of the year, they make that New Year's resolution. They're going to they're going to go to the gym, right? Going to get in shape. Well, I've got like. I don't know, three or four different things that this, this, if you're doing these things, you probably should just nip it in the bud now. It's not going to last. <laughs> just why frustrate yourself in a week or two? If you take and post selfies before, during, and after the workout, probably not going to last. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would think that would be like telling people, like, this is my thing. I'm at the gym. Yeah. And you want to keep it up. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I like my daughter, see, my son, and new boyfriend and girlfriend. They post nothing but selfies with them when they first start dating. That's not going to last. That's not going to last. They're, they're in love with being in love. They're in love with this. You're in love with the idea of going to the gym. Okay. Not wearing your good workout clothes to the gym because you don't want to get them sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Gym's probably not for you.
And then here's here's one, and and I've had to make this decision before, but what decision you make dictates whether the, the gym is for you or not. You get to the gym, and before going in, you realize, oh man, I forgot my AirPods. I'm gonna have no music while I'm working out. If that causes you to say like, forget it, I'm not going. The gym is probably not for you. Oh man, <laughs> gym's not for me. <laughs> Gotta have some music to keep you motivated. <laughs> I know it is it is kind of kind of awful when you go to the uh, gym and you don't have your tunes. You got to listen to the music that they're playing, which is inevitably something you don't like, right? A couple more sure signs that uh, the gym is probably not for you. Okay, <laughs> even even if you made the res- resolution, if you find yourself in the Chick Fil A drive through on your way to the gym. And on your way home from the gym. <laughs> well, you got to fuel up and then you got to reward your treat yourself afterwards. Okay, this, this, I've done this one. I've done this one. This is a sure sign that the gym's not for you. If after doing five sit-ups, you run over to the mirror to look for signs of abs. <laughs> I do that after I have a salad. <laughs> What? I had a salad. Why it's can't right. I see my abs? Hey, what's going on here? I've been at this for a solid five minutes. <laughs> Could it be even possible that the pandemic permanently altered our personalities? Mm. According to brand new research. How so? Those couple of years of quarantine, uncertainty and lockdown life made adults less extroverted, less open, less agreeable. And more conscientious, less conscientious, sorry. Uh, young adults in particular during the pandemic grew moodier, more emotional, and more sensitive to stress. And uh, researchers aren't sure whether adults will revert to their old personalities as the pandemic social and economic impacts fade. Hmm. But I know someone who keeps a young person who keeps a book on confidence in their car because they, they got so socially awkward during the pandemic. They're great on one-on-one, but when they go to a group setting, they start to get some anxiety because they're just not used to being around that many people. It'd be interesting to see how how they behaved before everything. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they were kind of a little bit introverted already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was it, is it just like exaggerated now or mm-hmm. did they just get out of practice or, or whatever? I hmm. kind of experienced that in a non-pandemic way. I helped train a woman who had been home with her kids for 18 years. And it just took her a while to get in her groove. I finally, I was training her to be a receptionist. And finally, after the third day, I said, you're answering the phone next time it rings. Mm. You have to just, you can do this. You got it. You know, it was just making her nervous. Are your teens always tired coming up the top myths when it comes to teenagers and sleep? Are your teens always tired? <laughs> they discover the top myths when it comes to teenagers and sleep, according to sleep experts. Myth number one. Teens fall asleep in class because they're lazy. Hmm. It's actually puberty that causes all that sleepiness. Mm, I fell asleep in class quite a bit when I was a teenager. Laziness definitely (laughs) played in at that phase of my life. Myth number two, it's okay for teens to pull all-nighters so they can study. Nope. Experts say no one can think clearly when they're sleep-deprived. Right. You should only stay up that late back again when I was a teen to watch late-night television. There you go. Uh, (laughs) I was in the front row seat for David Letterman every night. Myth number three about teens and sleep. It's okay for them to stay up late and sleep in on weekends. Nope. That creates what's called social jet lag, 
which leads your child to have lower academic performance and increased mental health symptoms. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, my daughter, Amber, total go-getter. I mean, she is like type A personality, but when it comes to sleeping, she is world-class. And she was that kid. She would, she'd come home from school, sleep for like two or three hours. Weekends, she could sleep an afternoon away. And I, if I did that, I would regret it, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, oh man, yeah, I wasted I a day. Yeah. To her, that was a day well spent. Wow. Like sleeping all day. She just loves sleep. I texted this article. There are actually a, a total of 10 myths. Hmm. And I texted it to my teenage niece. Yeah. No response yet. <laughs> <It's> probably sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about sleep. Right. And in, in, like with Tracy and I, very, very different sleepers. I am literally dead to the world when I fall asleep. Good luck trying to wake me up. Tracy, the slightest little noise, she's sitting upright. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why, why are two human beings who have spent their entire lives together so different when it comes to sleep? What's it like for you? We'd love to hear, are you a dead to the world sleeper? Or are you just so light that any little noise will sit you right up in bed? So we're talking about heavy sleepers and light sleepers. I have a lifelong history of being a very, very heavy sleeper, like dead to the world. One time we went on a family vacation and my brother and I were old enough that my parents were like, we're going to have our own room. They're going to have the adjoining room next door to us. We had our own room. Well, one night um, everybody was in the, it was a tour. We were on a two week tour, long trip. Um, and everybody was in the uh, the dining room of the hotel we were staying at, the restaurant. And I got tired. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed. So my mom was like, Okay, just don't put the key in the door. We were in a country where if you put the key in the door on the inside, you could not enter from the outside. So what did I do? I put the key in the door. They could not open the door. Uh oh. As the legend goes, I don't know because I slept through it all. They were banging on the door. They were banging on the wall on both sides of the room. They had the people upstairs like stomping on the floor and their phone was ringing and I would not wake up. Wow. Got so bad the hotel was like, we could lower someone from the roof if you're really that worried. And my parents made the call. They were like, no, he's he's a very heavy sleeper. Well, we're sure he'll wake up in the morning. Sure enough, I woke up the next morning. I was like. Huh, I wonder where Scott is. My brother, I wonder where Scott is. And I went next door and my mom and dad, my brother were there. I was like, Scott, what are you doing in here? <laughs> I slept through it all. Apparently wow. it was quite the ruckus on the uh, on that hotel room floor, but I didn't I didn't wake up at all. I have a good story I could share in a minute too of me sleeping through something and it caused me major stress. Okay. For some reason I'm a really deep sleeper too. Hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Light sleeper, heavy sleeper, got a good story? So when I was a kid, my sleeping was legend in my family, but you're pretty deep sleeper too. Yeah. You had asked earlier, who's the deeper sleeper in your family? You or your other half. And for, for us, it is by far me. I sleep so much deeper than Glenn. Like mm. if we have an animal that needs attending to, he's the one that jumps up and gets the dog out or whatever it is. Like he's just always been that way. And he's also, he wakes up and he can have like a very you know, coherent conversation, even though I accidentally woke him up if I'm Hmm. the one who got up first. But it all started back when I was a teenager. I remember, um, you know, I grew up with a family where we went to Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night church and you did not miss. And I had taken a Sunday afternoon nap. And apparently my family tried, several family members tried to come wake me up from the nap 
And I even woke up enough to speak to them, which I don't recall. Hmm. And I said, okay, I'll get up in a minute. And then I just would not wake up. So they all left for church without me. And I thought maybe the rapture had come and I got left behind. (laughs) (laughs) I was freaked out when I woke up. Like, where is my old family's missing? Everyone's gone. No one's here but me. (laughs) Taylor, home alone. Rapture edition. (laughs)